Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Friday, September 14, 2018, you are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast. And I am your host, Clint Daly. I'm coming to you from the Mile High City right here in Denver, Colorado. And you know, we get together every single weekday and we talk sports with a dose of common sense. And we are happy to have you here with us today. Happy Friday to you. Yes, we have made it through another week. We have made it to another Friday. And I hope for your sake that you're off tomorrow. I hope you don't have to work on Saturday. I hope you get the day off because I'm not sure if you realize this. But tomorrow, on Saturday, September 15th, it is National Hug Your Boss Day. Yeah. Are you hugging your boss? I don't know if I'm hugging my boss. Like, I'm cool with my boss. I'm not getting ready to hug it up with my boss exactly. Not sure if National Hug Your Boss Day is working for me. Not sure how you feel about your boss. Maybe you'd be okay with that. But... Whatever your job is, just think about this. You could have it worse. You could have it a lot worse. What if you worked for the Dallas Cowboys? Hey, that's a rough day. That's a rough day on Hug Your Boss Day, isn't it? Especially when Jarrett gives you that hug and he hugs you and kind of gives you the, oh, yeah, I don't need that at all. That's horrible. (laughs) What if you work at the White House? Yeah. You're going to have a rough day on National Hug Your Boss Day, aren't you? Might end up in some Russian emails when you do that. Not sure about that. Imagine if you're, I don't know, Bill Clinton and you've got to hug Hillary. What I'm saying is, let's all count our blessings today, shall we? Hopefully, you don't work in any of those places. Yes, National Hug Your Boss Day could be awkward. It could be unpleasant. It won't be as bad as any of those will be. Hey, if you'd like to contact us, let us know why your boss is, I don't know, unhuggable. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. And of course, it doesn't have to be about your boss. Whether you like them or whether you don't, maybe you've got a question. Maybe you've got a comment. Maybe you have a suggestion for us here at The Dose. We would love to hear from you. Feel free to hit us up. Hey, today on the show... Got a few things coming out in the world of breaking news, but as we do on a lot of Fridays, we will also have our weekend sports preview, and there are some good things to watch this weekend. Want to make you aware of those. Plus, returning this week, we will have our Daily Dose Top 5, a very popular segment on the show. 
you never know which way the Daily Dose Top 5 is going to go. I don't know which way it's going to go. It just kind of takes its own little trail, and I just try to follow it and keep up with it. Let's jump in today with that Thursday night NFL game from last night as the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton, and the Cincinnati Bengals are now alone in first place in the AFC North after they beat the Baltimore Ravens 34-23 to at home. You know, Dalton outplayed Joe Flacco, who was on his backhoe for a decent part of the night. Flacco was sacked four times. He threw two interceptions. Meanwhile, Andy Dalton threw four touchdowns. Hey, when I look at that Cincinnati team, they're extremely talented. That is a talented team. Why they don't win more, I honestly, I don't know. And what I mean when I say I don't know, I mean Marvin Lewis. You know, the Pro Football Hall of Fame released its list of 102 modern era nominees on Thursday, highlighted by a group of players that should be surefire first ballot Hall of Famers. Safety Ed Reed, tight end Tony Gonzalez, and cornerback Champ Bailey lead the group of nominees. They should get into Canton pretty easy when the committee meets in February, but the list does also include a number of finalists from last year, including safety John Lynch and wide receiver Isaac Bruce. Hey, that's a pretty good group there. You could make a case, and I mean, we could argue that, but you could make a case that Tony Gonzalez, Champ Bailey, and Ed Reed are among the best to ever play their respective positions. Now, one thing I don't understand, though, about the whole Hall of Fame thing, and we get this thrown at us by the sports media, who cares if you're first ballot? When did first ballot suddenly become this thing? Like, first ballot Hall of Famer has become such a big thing that we saw Terrell Owens actually mad that he didn't get in on the first ballot. Why have we created this? Who cares what ballot it is? Trust me, there are a ton of players out there that just wish they could get in ever, let alone first ballot. I don't know why we've elevated this whole, well, you didn't get in on the first ballot. Who cares? If you get in, you get in. One last thing. If I had told you at the beginning of the Major League Baseball season that the New York Yankees would not make the postseason, you would have said I was crazy, right? Well, really, if I had said it like two weeks ago, you might have still said I was crazy. And yet, here we are. You know, a few months ago, we actually talked right here on The Daily Dose about some of the big collapses we have seen late in the season in Major League Baseball. And right now, the New York Yankees are stumbling. They could be a part of one of those lists sometime. Do you realize that right now, the Yankees' lead for the wild card is down to just one single game? It was just four and a half games like a week ago. The problem is that the Oakland A's are right there waiting for them to trip up. The Yankees have won just seven of their last 16 games. Meanwhile, Oakland has won eight of their last 10. And we know injuries have played a huge part in this. But New York is holding on for dear life. And as we look down the stretch, and we're getting down to that final stretch, 14, 15, 16 games left. Of the two... Oakland has a slightly easier schedule than the Yankees do. This is actually going to be very fun to watch as we finish out the regular season. Hey, coming back, might have to talk a little bit about that Major League Baseball season. There's not a ton of Major League Baseball matchups to watch this weekend, but we do have our weekend sports preview, and there are a number of other things for us to watch over the next two days.
get ready to melt into your couch, kids. It's going to be a fun weekend. So let's shift over to our weekend sports preview. You know, we try to do this every week. We take a look at some of the upcoming events over the weekend just to make sure that you are aware of what is on and when it is on so that, I don't know, maybe you're making some plans. You kind of adjust your schedule so that you can be near a TV or you can be near a device that allows you to see the big event that is going on. No one likes to be that person that gets the text, hey, did you see that big play? And you have no idea what they're talking about. What big play? I don't even know what game is on. So we try to help you avoid being that awkward person, not knowing when certain games are going to be on, and just give you a heads up. Hey, here are a couple games you might want to tune in for this weekend. They should be good. They should be entertaining games. Might be worth your time. And, you know, we do try to pick the games, try to give you an idea of who we think is going to win it because sports gambling is coming. And we know, at least here in Colorado, Colorado is quick to jump on some things. Hey, you want to get high, man? You might know that about us. So I would expect legalized sports gambling is going to get here soon. Hey, we're looking to be ready when it does get here. So here we go again. Remember, all times given are mountain time zone. So adjust your schedule accordingly. Like I said, not a ton of Major League Baseball right now, but there is one series that might be worth your time because Major League Baseball is in that home stretch. We're down to, you know, the final 15, 20 games left, and we can actually kind of start paying attention a little more to it. There's not a ton of great series this weekend, but one series could at least be a little interesting as the defending champion Houston Astros are going to face the Arizona Diamondbacks in a three-game series that will start tonight. You know, the Astros are still three games up on Oakland. We know Oakland is making a push for that wild card as well. But hey, Houston can't afford to stumble. They could end up in trouble with the division. So they've got to hold on. Meanwhile, the Arizona Diamondbacks, they are holding on for dear life in the NL West. They are now down to third place and they have got to win to keep their postseason hopes alive. Houston kind of looking like they're hitting their stride. Arizona, though, is playing for their season. I will take Houston in this three-game series, but Arizona-Houston, probably the best Major League Baseball that there's going to be out there to watch this weekend. Let's switch over to tomorrow because we have some very, very good things for you to watch tomorrow. Starting at 1.30 p.m., we have the number 12 LSU Tigers going to the number seven Auburn Tigers. Now, are the LSU Tigers actually a legit threat to make any noise in the SEC? I mean, we saw them handle Miami in week one, but I can't tell if that was good LSU or if that was bad Miami. I know everyone got all excited about LSU's quarterback Joe Burrow, but he's completing just 47% of his passes. He only has two touchdowns in two games. I realize that's probably good for an LSU quarterback. I don't know if it's really that good. On the other side, that Auburn defense, that defensive front, like I said, I don't know if they're quite as good as Clemson. They're right there though. That Auburn defense is very good. And because of how good their front is, the secondary is starting to look good as well because they don't have to cover for very long. We know quarterback Jarrett Statham is a playmaker. I am going to take Auburn at home here, but that should be a very entertaining game. Number 12 versus number seven. Whoever wins this game at least has the inside track to try to take on Alabama in the SEC West. Also at 1.30, got another interesting game. 
because the Boise State Broncos are up to number 17 in the country. And believe it or not, Boise State could have an outside chance of crashing the national party if they could run the table. And they're probably going to have what should be their biggest test of their season on Saturday because the Broncos go to Stillwater to face the number 24 Oklahoma State Cowboys. Now, Mike Gundy, once again, he has a high-scoring team with quarterback Taylor Cornelius. Cornelius has already thrown seven touchdowns in two games. Neither Boise nor Oklahoma State have played anyone yet, so this is going to be the first true test of both of these teams' season. Number 17, Boise State versus number 24, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is a slight favorite at home. I think I'm going to take Boise State in the upset in this game. Starting at 5 p.m. tomorrow, we have a game that shouldn't be a game. Like, it has no reason to be a game. There's no way in the world this should be close. But maybe it'll be close. Because Alabama is the top team in the country. Again, for the 50 millionth time. And it looks like they're just rolling again. We know they have to replace people on defense, but it seems like they're just getting things going again. Quarterback Tua Tagovailoa seems like he might be the electricity that that offense has been looking for for the last few seasons. Alabama is very, very good. They will be facing Ole Miss, a team that isn't even bowl eligible because of the whole Hugh Freeze mess. But the Ole Miss Rebels are pretty talented offensively. Do you realize they are averaging about 60 points a game right now? I don't think Alabama will try to sleepwalk through this game. I think they'll show up if they were to stumble just a little bit, though. Mississippi has the kind of offense. They could score some points. The problem for Ole Miss, I think, will be that they can't stop the run. That's going to be a struggle the later this game goes. I will take Alabama, but Alabama had better show up. At 6 p.m. tomorrow night, we have what could also be a very, very big game between top, well, 15 competition because Ohio State Buckeyes head coach Urban Meyer, he finishes serving the final game of his not really suspended suspension this weekend, as we all know. He has been coaching this team the entire time. He's been coaching Ohio State ever since he got suspended. He's been coaching Ohio State all this week. And then... I don't know. He'll probably be sitting in the press box. For all I know, he's wearing the Brutus Buckeye costume and sneaking out onto the field and telling his guys what to do. I have no idea. This has been built up that, well, Ohio State could be at a disadvantage because Urban Meyer's not even coaching his team. Except that, yes, he is. Ohio State is going down to Dallas to face number 15 Texas Christian. Hey, TCU should be pretty tough, shouldn't they? We know Gary Patterson coaches a little bit of defense. I think that TCU could actually stay close for a while, but I think eventually Ohio State will just be too balanced. They will probably take over the later this game goes. Plus, I would imagine, like I said, for some strange reason, whenever Brutus acts like he's having a heart attack out on the field or whatever, all of a sudden the Buckeyes offense really kicks into gear. (laughs) Hmm, I wonder who's in that costume. Might want to keep an eye on Brutus tomorrow. Number four, Ohio State versus number 15, TCU. I am taking Ohio State to win that game. Tomorrow night, we have a huge event. And I am sorry to say that I am boycotting the event. And I am not going to watch the event. Yes, we can talk about it here on The Dose. But I'm not going to watch it. Because tomorrow night, we have Gennady Golovkin 
facing Canelo Alvarez in their 12-round rematch for Golovkin's WBA-WBC title. Now, Golovkin already beat Alvarez once. Unfortunately for Golovkin, boxing selected a shady judge who declared Alvarez not just a winner, not just that he won, but a huge winner in a fight that by all accounts, he lost. This judge didn't just have him win the fight. Eh, He won the fight. It was close, but he won the fight. No, he won the fight unanimously with this judge. It wasn't even a close fight, according to this judge. And that is why we are having a rematch between these two fighters. But you know what? That isn't even the reason that I'm boycotting this fight. As bad as that is, like as worthy of a reason as that is, that's not why I'm boycotting this fight. No, I am refusing to watch Golovkin Alvarez 2 because Canelo tested positive for a banned substance not once, twice back prior to their original May rematch date. They pushed this fight to now because there's just so much money on the table. But I don't want to watch this fight because I'll tell you what, if Canelo wins, what a complete farce. Who knows what he took this time? He just didn't get caught. We already know he's been caught doping before. So while I guess I'm interested in the outcome, I'm not going to watch this fight. There already shouldn't be a rematch. Golovkin won the first fight. Secondly, Canelo is cheating or he didn't want to fight at that time or whatever that situation was. He was caught doping. As a result, I don't want to watch this fight because I feel like it just might be a little bit shady. I'm going to pick Golovkin. And if it's anything but Golovkin in this fight, I'm going to be really, really disappointed. I know they're trying to spin this whole thing. And this time, they're not going to let it go to the judges' cards. That's the problem with boxing. Anytime it goes to the judges' cards, we have a problem. They're even advertising that. This time, we're not going to let it go to the judges' cards is their slogan right now. So basically, they're saying, this time, we're not going to let our own shady judges give you a shady judgment. I'm not watching this fight. If you want to pay for it, feel free. Moving on to Sunday, we do have a few interesting NFL games this weekend. First up, the Carolina Panthers looked pretty dominant last week against the Dallas Cowboys. They limited Dak Prescott and company to just eight points. We know that Carolina defense can be pretty good. They will be going to Atlanta to face the Falcons, who of course lost their opening night Thursday game to the Philadelphia Eagles in a repeat of the NFC Divisional Playoff game from last year. You know, Carolina versus Atlanta, an NFC South divisional game should be pretty good. These two teams split the series last year. I would think it could probably happen again this year. I'm going to take Atlanta to bounce back after their week one loss. I think Atlanta at home should be pretty tough. That will be at 11 a.m. Also at 11 a.m., we have a game on the schedule that could be one of two things. It could either be very high drama or it could be completely unwatchable depending on the playing status of Green Bay Packers quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Now, you have to think Aaron Rodgers wants to play. The Packers face the Minnesota Vikings this week, the team that broke Aaron Rodgers' collarbone last year for him. But the Vikings have a very nasty defense, and the Packers, they might need to protect Aaron Rodgers from himself. Again, don't let him go out in week two and get wrecked for the rest of the season. We all saw your faces on Sunday night when it looked like Aaron was done for the season. You don't want that to happen. Have him sit out, come back a little bit later. Not against Minnesota. 
We don't even know if the knee is right. We have no idea what's going on with the knee. I would sit Aaron Rodgers for this game if I'm them. If he's in and playing, this is going to be very interesting to watch. If he's not, Deshaun Kaiser is horrible. This will not be worth your time. I will take Minnesota either way. Final early game at 11 a.m. We have the Kansas City Chiefs going to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. You know, the Steelers are battling a few injuries as Ben Roethlisberger has that elbow problem. And offensive lineman David DeCastro has a fracture in his hand. The Steelers look so sloppy in week one. You have to think they will be looking to turn that around against Kansas City, who has a very explosive offense with new quarterback Patrick Mahomes and wide receiver Tyreek Hill might be pretty close to uncoverable. If they give Mahomes any time, you can't stay with Hill long enough. But the Chiefs defense is still pretty suspect. And I can't believe that the Steelers would be quite as sloppy as they were last week. I'm going to take the Steelers in this game. You know, at 1 p.m., the NASCAR playoffs get started. Did you realize there are playoffs? It used to be called the Chase. Now they switched that. It's called the NASCAR playoffs. If you're wondering what the NASCAR playoffs are, let me do my best to try to explain it to you, okay? You know how in the NFL or NBA, whatever, NHL, whatever, just the top teams qualify for the postseason and then you play off until you get down to the best team, right? Well, this is the same thing, but in NASCAR, the top 16 drivers race and the highest finishers advance, except that everyone's still allowed to race. It's not like they just have a race between the 16 drivers. So they still have like a 40 car field, but only those 16 are really racing in the actual playoff. So let me try to put this in perspective. You're watching, say, the Golden State Warriors playing the Houston Rockets in the NBA playoffs. But at the end of the game, the Sacramento Kings win the game. Sound stupid? Yep, then you understand it completely. There's the NASCAR playoffs for you. Who am I picking in the playoffs? Who cares? Moving on, we finish off the weekend of good games right here at 2.25 p.m. because the Sunday night game is Giants versus Cowboys. So while that might be interesting, I don't know if it's going to be a great game. It could end up being very, very ugly. So our final game that we will preview will be the rematch of the AFC Championship game a year ago between the New England Patriots and the Jacksonville Jaguars, but this time it's in Jacksonville. Now, while I do think the Patriots should win this game, it'll be interesting to see if that Jaguars defense can expose the lack of wide receivers that the Patriots currently have. I mean, I could see this game being close. I just can't see any scenario that Blake Bortles beats Tom Brady at, I don't know, anything ever. So I will take the Patriots in this game. Like I said, a few decent things out there for you to watch. Some good college football, some decent NFL games. Uh, NASCAR, I guess, if you wanted to watch that. And at least one baseball series that will be worth your time. Hey, coming back, we need to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. You know, we saw on Monday night this past week, a rookie quarterback come out and look like he just might be the next great quarterback. But we might want to show a little patience here. We have seen things like this before. Hey, just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping you need to do, you might want to head over to LootCrate.com forward slash Daily Dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. September's Loot Crate theme is now out, and it is called Invaders. Forget the flying saucers. They're already here, and it may already be too late. Embrace your new overlords with exclusive new gear featuring some of our favorite alien invaders. September's Loot Crate theme 
features items from Alien, The Predator, The X-Files, and Venom. But trust me, if none of those franchises appeal to you, make sure that you do stop by Loot Crate because you are going to find just about anything you could possibly think of over there. Of course, the best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just make sure that you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for listening to the Daily Dose each and every day. Now, as we do every Friday, we've got to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. On Monday night, we saw the New York Jets go up to Detroit for their season opener, and Jets rookie quarterback Sam Darnold started the game. And on his very first play from scrimmage, what did Darnold do? He threw a pick six interception, which the Lions take back, get the touchdown. Then you want to see what he does. I'm not always interested in what a young quarterback does initially. I want to see how they react to adversity. Well, Darnold showed he can respond pretty well when faced with adversity. He bounced back. No, it wasn't great, but he went 16-21. He had 198 yards. He threw two touchdowns, and the New York Jets blew out the Lions 48-17 on the road. And immediately, what did we start hearing? Sam Darnold might be the next great quarterback. I mean, Jets fans are throwing parades right now. They are anointing Darnold the next great quarterback, and honestly, who can blame them? For one, I do like Darnold. I think he's a tough kid. I don't think he really gets rattled. And second, Jets fans have been waiting for a good quarterback for like almost a century. Look, I don't know how Darnold will end up doing. It's really, really hard to say at this time. But right now, I'm going to count down five quarterbacks who had pretty impressive rookie seasons but we just never know how these things are going to turn out. So today, our Daily Dose Top 5 Notable Quarterback Rookie Seasons that didn't exactly tell the whole story of how their career would end up. Starting with number 5. You know, this guy was drafted with the top overall pick of the NFL Draft, and our number 5 entry looked like he would be a future superstar in his first season. Yes, his team struggled to just a 6-10 and 10 record, but that's not his fault. As a rookie, our number 5 entry threw 22 touchdowns. The problem was his surrounding cast just didn't have much talent yet. But hey, give him a few weapons. Give him some people to work with. Give him some wide receivers. Maybe someone to stretch the field. Maybe a decent running back. Let him grow up. Let him mature. The sky is going to be the limit except that our number five entry hasn't grown up or matured. They've given him weapons. He just hasn't done anything with them. And right now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers aren't sure what in the world to do with Jameis Winston. But after his rookie year, Jameis Winston looked like a can't-miss prospect. Last year, Jameis Winston had 26 turnovers. Add in all his nonsense off the field, yet forget can't-miss. He's missing everything. Great rookie season for Jameis Winston. Now, what is he? I have no idea. We have to see if he can even maintain his starting spot with the Buccaneers. You never know what's going to happen with an NFL quarterback. Moving on to number four, you know, our next notable rookie, who was also looking like a can't-miss guy after his first season, was drafted in 1993 with the second overall pick. He went to the Seattle Seahawks. He looked like the future of the franchise. He started all 16 games as a rookie. And again, 
Yes, his team didn't have a whole lot of talent around him. They struggled to a 6-10 and 10 record, but this guy showed flashes of being a pretty good quarterback. He completed 56% of his passes. He threw for nearly 3,000 yards with 12 touchdowns, and the fans in Seattle were excited about the future. Unfortunately, former Notre Dame quarterback Rick Meyer He never really advanced. He never really improved. He never got better. He would play in the league for eight seasons, but he compiled just a 24 and 44 record. Rick Meyer was sacked often. And when you see these young quarterbacks come in and they're getting hit every single game because they don't have much supporting help, you start to see them get gun shy. You start to see them want to get rid of the football too early. And as a result, they end up throwing too many interceptions. Rick Meyer looked apart. His rookie year was promising. He just never got any better. He comes in at number four. Moving on to number three. And our number three guy was absolutely can't miss. This is a guy that's going to be a stud. In 2012, he took over a 2-14 and 14 team. He improved them by nine games. They went 11-5 and five with him as a rookie. He threw for over 4,300 yards with 23 touchdowns. There was no question our number three entry was the heir apparent. And hey, he wasn't a one-hit wonder. It wasn't just one season for this guy. He followed up his rookie season with two more very good seasons. He even took his team, the Indianapolis Colts, to the conference championship in his third season. And then Andrew Luck suffered a lacerated kidney in 2015. He missed nine games. He returned in 2016, he looked okay, but he battled a concussion, he missed another game, he went just 8-7 and as a starter. Following the season, he underwent surgery on a shoulder that had been bothering him. Hey, maybe that was the problem. And now, we have found out that as he was going through rehab, Andrew Luck re-injured the shoulder snowboarding, he missed the 2017 season completely. Now he is back. Would you say he is still a can't-miss prospect? No. In fact, we have no idea what he is now. He is at least playing now. He's on the field. He looks like he might be healthy, but he still takes way too many hits, and he doesn't have much help around him. You see how hard it truly is to be a sustained, successful quarterback in the NFL. Look no further than our number three entry, Andrew Luck. Moving on to number two, you know, our number two entry is a name that you're probably not going to recognize. But when he came out, he was another player that looked like a can't miss prospect. Now he played his college ball at Cincinnati, where he once threw for 554 yards in a single game. Bengals coach and founder Paul Brown saw quarterback Greg Cook beat Miami in college, and he drafted him with the fifth overall pick of 1969. Greg Cook was immediately named the starter. He looked like he was the real deal. Starting off the season, Cook went 3-0. He beat the Miami Dolphins. He beat the San Diego Chargers. He beat the Kansas City Chiefs. He threw for six touchdowns. But during the Chiefs game, Greg Cook felt a pop in his shoulder, and he would miss the next three games. Now, medical technology not being what it is now, They actually missed the fact that he had suffered a torn rotator cuff and he would never be the same. He would eventually have surgery. He would try a comeback, but he just never was the same. Greg Cook would eventually finish his career with 1,800 passing yards 
he averaged 17.4 yards per completion, which is amazing. He threw for 15 touchdowns, but he played in just 11 games. His career was over. The shoulder was wrecked. He comes in at number two. Again, phenomenal rookie season. And now where is he? We never saw him again. Moving on to number one. Our number one entry had one of the best rookie seasons we have ever seen in the NFL. He was the number two overall pick in the NFL draft. He was the winner of the Heisman Trophy. Needless to say, he had some serious expectations. And bizarrely, in his rookie season, he met them all and he might have even exceeded them. He led his team to a division title as a rookie. He started 15 games. He threw for over 3,000 yards with 20 touchdowns. He had just five interceptions. Oh, and by the way, he rushed for 815 yards and another seven touchdowns. The Washington Redskins had hit the jackpot with their rookie. What couldn't Robert Griffin III do? Except for stay healthy. He injured his knee late in his rookie season. He tried to come back too early. He hurt it again in his second year. He got hurt again in his third year and missed half the season. And by then, rumors were floating around. He was a little too chummy with Washington owner Daniel Snyder. He was undermining head coach Mike Shanahan. And eventually, Robert Griffin would be released by Washington. He would join the Browns for like a cup of coffee. And he was completely out of the league by 2017. This year, he's actually back in the league. Do you realize he's backing up Joe Flacco in Baltimore? Remember, RG3 was can't miss. Hey, I hope that this next era of quarterbacks actually turns out. We've got guys like Sam Darnold. We've got Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen. Josh Allen will be getting a start on Sunday. But this top five just shows us how tough it is to have success at this level, playing the most difficult position in sports, and to maintain that success. It's not easy. These guys all started out great. And now we're all kind of looking around and saying, I'm not sure what you have. Some of them washed out completely. Some of them are still playing sort of, but they're not quite the same. It is tough, tough to play quarterback in the NFL. Hey, it is Friday and we have made it through another week. We will, of course, be back on Monday to discuss all of the happenings over the weekend and to keep you up on the latest and greatest in the world of sports. I have to say thank you all for listening to The Daily Dose every day. I hope you are enjoying the show. Thank you for listening, for reaching out. Thanks for sharing the show. Thank you for subscribing to the show wherever it is that you listen. It is very appreciated. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all on Monday. Have a great weekend.